1: Come plan your dream wedding all in one day at the 17th annual Newport Bridal Show on March 3rd. Meet with more than 80 top wedding professionals at two of Newport's most romantic venues, Rosecliff and Oceancliff Mansions. Visit NewportBridalShow.net to buy your ticket today.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cape, the Keep Sports Now podcast, the Keep God Times' is only sports co- podcast covering all things local sports. I'm Steve Dedarin, and I'm joined by Matt Goisman, Matt. Quite the long weekend we just had. Uh Barnstable, Falmouth and Basketball. He had two great games between the two schools in mm-hmm. hockey. Um before that we kinda had some sad news passing a Tommy Leonard, founder of the Falmouth Road Race, died at age eighty five, former Marine, and then lo and behold, last night, New England Patriots in the cold go to Kansas City. They win another AFC championship and they're going to the Super Bowl for the third straight year. Hard to follow that up, isn't it?
1: A little bit, yeah. Now we're gonna talk about high school sports. But <laughs> no, it was a it was a great weekend. It was a pretty good weekend for Barnstable, I thought, to go Two, one, and one, basically, in their four games against Falmouth. You know, their their biggest rival. Mm-hmm. Historically, uh, and they've got some good big games coming up, including some ones including Barnstable that uh, thought we could get to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we will start with basketball, though. We sure. definitely really have some teams starting to get back in action. One of those teams, Cape Cod Academy, absolutely. they got to the ten win mark already. Only one loss this year to Monomoy. They certainly seem to be rolling at this point.
1: Absolutely, they're the only t- team from the boys' side that's qualified already. They did it in eleven games out of um, out of ten would be the earliest they could possibly do it. So they have just been fantastic. So I looked something up. They Last week in both of their games, or their last two games, they scored 80 points or more. In the previous three seasons, they'd never done that ever. And this time those two games the, uh, last week were their second and third time doing it this season. This is an offense that is just rolling, that nobody has found a real way to contain except, except Monomoy that one time. Uh, and even that, I think, when CCA hosts Monomoy later this season, it's going to be a bit of a – it might be a different story. If they can sustain that offense, I think they'll be able to win the Cape and Islands, get a decent seed in the playoffs, at least get two home playoff games, and you know after that it'll all go to neutral territory anyway. Jane Greenleaf has just been unstoppable for CCA in his last three games, all of which were last week: 24 points against Upper Cape, 38 against Sturgis East, which is. Obviously, a career best for him, and then another 22 against Cavalry Chapel on Friday. That was the the game that got them in the playoffs. Alex Marshant 17 points per game in that same stretch. You're seeing Alex and Andrew James playing really great defense. James is also very capable of going off offensively. Having you know, he's had a triple double I think twice at least this season. And when all those guys are playing well, the Seahawks are really fun to watch and they're really hard to stop. You know, their next two games, they've got Sturgis West on Tuesday, Cape Tech on Thursday. Those are both teams they've already beaten this year. They should win those handily. And then next Tuesday, so eight days from now, they're going to Nantucket. And that's, that's their next really big test. And that one's going to decide if they win that, they're really in a good position to win the league. If they lose it, they've got two league losses. And then the Nantucket Monomoy and the um, CCA Monomoy games become really big.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly we're looking forward to those rematches. Not going to be easy at Nantucket, which really seems to be hitting its stride mm-hmm. right now. It scored 93 points, I think, last weekend yep. against, against Sturges West. West. So certainly a team that can score in bunches. And really, we talk a lot about CCA's offense. It's going to talk a little bit about their defense, too. A lot of these guys do defend well, but it's kind of reliant on some of them having some big shooting nights. And I think if CCA has a cold shooting night, especially on the island in Nantucket, they're going to have some issues. But Right, you can't look too far ahead. you got to win these two games first. Cape Tech is certainly capable of putting up numbers at times. Absolutely. I mean, when they played at Cape Tech, uh, they really shot lights out. Mm-hmm. That was the reason why that game that was the runaway. That was their first
1: 80-point game of the season. Right,
0: so you certainly have to bring it every night, and we know for high school kids it's not always easy, but that's, that's kind of what needs to be done to win a league title.
1: Yeah, I mean, what every coach will tell you is when you're making shots, it's easier to play defense because you can actually put your full-court defense in place and the Seahawks really like to do that. They press, they double-team in the backcourt. But if the other team just grabs a defensive rebound, everything is more in transition. It's harder to get on defense. So, yeah, when they can score and they can put their offense, uh, their defense in place, they're able to get fast breaks. They're able to get steals and transition points. Uh, and that's how they can win. If they miss, which is kind of what happened against Monomoy and Marshank got in foul trouble then, yeah, it's much harder for them to defend and, and much harder for them uh, to win. You know, Nantucket, they're 8-2. They're also looking like they're going to cruise to the playoffs and probably have a, at least a decent seed. I would expect them to, at the very least, have one home playoff game. Uh, you know, and they can make the race for the Cape and Islands League title really interesting because they host Monomoy on Tuesday. Monomoy is the only team, as I said, that's beaten CCA. If Monomoy wins this one, the Sharks maybe go on to win this whole thing. But if not... You have three teams with all having one league loss. Uh, and the Antucket's playing really well right now. They're on a seven game winning streak. They can put up points as we just were talking about. They scored 80 against St. John Paul and then 93 against Sturgis West, which is, I mean, 93 points is NBA levels of offense. You know, Victor Gamberoni, 38 points in those two games. Malik Baden scored in double digits both nights. Uh, Monomoy, Playing all right. They had one game last week only, a 63-42 win over Cape Tech. That was their fourth straight. And uh, the big player in that game was Isaiah Stafford. He's kind of been their lead scorer all year. 14 points in that game. He's the guy Nantucket has to stop if they do that. I don't think Monomoy can make up the difference in scoring.
0: Yeah, but as we've mentioned in the show before, Monomoy's defense is really the X factor. Mm -hmm. If Monomoy can lock down on Nantucket shooters and, and really turn some it's going to be hard to outrun Nantucket, but if you can slow the game down a little bit, be a little more deliberate, not let Nantucket kind of, you know, surge into its offense. And maybe you'll be able to slow it down and keep it close at the end. Mm -hmm. Because if you let Nantucket get out to an early lead, I think this game's over.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, Monomoy plays a kind of physical style of defense. I think some of that's a byproduct of Keith Arnold's coaching style. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, for the decades he's been a coach. If they can slow, sta- you know, stagnate Nantucket's offense. Yeah, you're right. They got a chance in this one. Uh, but, man, Nantucket is really fast, and mm-hmm. they really have good shooters, and they have more shooters that can take over a game than Monomoy has. Right. So I definitely think Nantucket would be the favorite in this matchup. Uh, and, you know, they're the home team. Right. It's, hard, <laughs> it's hard to play on the island, much harder than to host Nantucket at home. Absolutely. So that may have an effect as well. Uh, the last boys team I wanted to talk to is uh, D.Y. Dennis Yarmouth there, 8-2 and two also. Also looking real comfortable, in, in at least for a playoff spot. Where they're going to finish in the Atlantic Coast League, I have I have no idea. The ACL just gets murkier af- after every week. They dropped a game to sandwich 10 days ago that I think the Dolphins believe they probably should have won. And then they turn around and beat Nauset on the road, and they make a big comeback in the fourth quarter. And then they beat Marshfield, who look to me after seeing them play knots, it is the best team in the ACL, but they beat them last Friday. Now they're tied with the Rams for first in the league. You know, so I, every game between ACL teams, it seems like I have less of an idea who's going to win it. I want to say D Y now, um, you know, they will play Friday at home against Falmouth. Their first game is Wednesday against uh, Plymouth North. You know, last time they played Falmouth, that was another really close game. D Y got 15 points from Cam Taubert in that game. If he can do it again at home, they got a real chance. But the big scorers uh, in the last couple of games have been Jaquan Phillips and Logan Grossek. Uh, Phillips had 16 against Nossett, 15 against Marshfield, and then Grossek had 15 against Nossett and 26 against Marshfield. You know, And I'd seen Grossek get bottled up a little bit. I, he's not the biggest kid at his position at center. I think he's actually built a little bit more like a power forward, but they use him at that five spot. Uh, so it was nice to see him break out again. Um, he's got a good mid range jumper, like from the foul line. And if they can get shots to him in that area, I think that might be his sweet spot. And I think that's maybe where he can be the most effective.
0: Right. I think they certainly belongs in the conversation that we oh, talk yeah. about the ACL, you know, Cam Dunbar, has been unbelievable. He's been throwing it down a lot of these games. Yeah. Too, and, and with him
1: playing with Kyle Cardozo right. at the same time, that's when, a great duo.
0: Yeah. They, the were, they were
1: subbing in and out for each other right. earlier this season. Cause they, they both started the season hurt. Mm-hmm. They both had to work their way back, but when they're on there together, they are. that's a lot of height, a lot of physical strength. That's a hard one to counter. And Falmouth still has games against Marshfield to play. So, you know, definitely a chance uh, for Falmouth to, to get right back in, in this thing. And Sandwich has had some good wins themselves, so I don't think you can count them out yet either. As mm-hmm. I said, I don't know who I think is going to win Australia the ACL. It reminds
0: me of the spring of the cross season, remember? We had yeah. just have a four-team shuffle there Absolutely. for a long time. Mm-hmm. So certainly uh, plenty – really almost just past the halfway point of the season for a lot of these teams. So there's a lot of games to be played coming up. Um, if you want to switch over to girls basketball, um, mash be a bit of a step back last week. they're at 10 and four now, but, um, still the only Cape team to to make the postseason so far side. Yeah. Really. I still think a learning experience and around this is around the time where I think it's okay to, to take a step back and look and say, hey, here are our errors. Mm-hmm. Now let's go forward. I mean, they played a great Randolph team that's got a couple of players who are going to play at the next level. Yep. And if not basketball, other sports uh, last week. And, um, you know, certainly the Shelf Shore League is still up for grabs just given the um, that little shuffle there. But Falcons still have a lot of league games left. But uh, if, if they want a home playoff game, which is the ideal scenario, yeah. I think things have to start ra- turn around kind of soon. I mean, they didn't have Ashley Kelleher against East Bridgewater. That clearly hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your leading source of offense. Yeah. You know, Maya Peters only an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. You can't really expect her to take over. And there's other eighth graders were
1: getting playing time for them too. So they're they're
0: pretty right.
1: young. I mean, Kelleher isn't a senior. I think she's a junior. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. So you
0: can't. But yeah, again, you can't rely on an eighth grader to necessarily Exa- lead the that, way right. on her own.
1: Right. So you know.
0: Um. But yeah, I mean, Kelleher, She did have 23 points against Randolph. Is an encouraging performance. Rockland. What did I say, Randolph? Rockland. Yeah. Sorry, Randolph was 10 days ago. I confuse ago. them all the time, too. <laughs> yeah, too, too many hours. um But yes, against Rockland, I was at that game, I should know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Peters had 10 in that game, so they're a nice duo when they're on the court together, but mm-hmm. I think Mashby's success relies on them both being out there at the same time.
1: Definitely. Meanwhile, I, we just talked about the Whaler boys, and now I want to talk about the Nantucket girls. They're 8-3, and three, also looking real solid. Early in the season, we talked about how we think maybe Sturgis East uh, you know, would be in good contention for the Cape and Islands League title. But basically, since 2019 began, I've really started to think Nantucket is going to win this one. I really like the way the Whalers play. They didn't look great in that loss to Martha's Vineyard on January 12th, but that's been their only loss in six games since the new year. Malika Phillip is a contender for MVP in the Cape and Islands League, without a doubt. Last three games, all wins for Nantucket. She averaged over 16 points per game. You have Marina Caspi, who averaged 10 in that stretch. Nantucket doesn't have a great third option behind them, but those two alone are going to be enough in a lot of these league games. You know, Caspi is a really great forward, both offensively and defensively. She can play with speed. She can go on the transition. She can score in transition or find Phillip on the fast break. And then Phillip is really, really quick at guard. I mean, she really can swing around. She can guard multiple players on one rotation. The two of them are, are a very good tag team, and they're going to be really hard for a lot of these Cape and Islands League teams to stop, I think.
0: Yeah, certainly. Both of them have plenty of varsity experience behind them, too. And, and Nantucket the last couple of years kind of had to sneak into the postseason. Um, certainly should be able to get in easily. It's just a matter of finding some consistency mm-hmm. because you know we've seen in some games, like you mentioned, the Vineyard game or they even had an early loss, I believe, to, to the Falmouth Academy or someone like that. One I think they lost losses. to Sturgis East. Or Sturgis East. But right, I think so. when they
1: play surge East again, right. they're going to win that game. I, I think they're. I think Sturgis East is fading a little bit, and Nantucket is playing
0: really well. Right. Well, speaking of one team really starting to turn it on, it's definitely the Nassau girls basketball yeah. team, and I think we kind of expected this. Certainly, Nauset's. A couple of their losses came off Cape to give really talented program off Cape programs. Yeah, they played Coyle who won the state Coyle, championship last they year. They played Lowell. Yeah, I mean they did. They intentionally scheduled these teams because that's how that's how good the squad is. Yeah. So the record's almost misleading to say eight and three. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they they're really better than an eight and three team almost in a way, and certainly they're really starting to turn it on now. Um, kind of starting to prove that they're the best in the league. I mean you see Skylar Sanderson night in and night out really cleaning up underneath. Mm-hmm. You got players like Sonny Green. Uh, who can hit from the outside. Uh, Frank Iniella, who's had some yeah. great
1: games, Reagan Mee me, and Avery Burns, who yep. is really a sharpshooter for them. Uh, you just know, the
0: depth is just tremendous. Uh, absolutely,
1: and it's going to get put to the test Tuesday at Barnstable. You know, we're, we're going to see how they handle the speed of Nakia Bland, and then the height of Carly Whiteside, who is going to be taller than anybody Nossett has. Right. So we'll see how those match. Uh, that's a game I'm really looking forward to seeing how that comes out, seeing how the two-team styles match up against each other. But other than a February one game again in Falmouth, I don't see any other ACL team really challenging Nossett. So as long as Nosset wins all its other games, even if they drop that one, at worst, they'll clinch uh, they'll have a split for the league titles. So I think they're in really good control to raise you know to raise a banner next year for that. But yeah, I mean, they have so many different players they can go to who can give them 10, 12, 15 points, or even more sometimes. You know, Avery Burns has 19 in one point. Uh, Frank Frankinella has 21 in another game. And then Corinne Maress, Ashley Ross, all of them contribute. And as long as they all keep contributing, it's hard to defend against that when you have three or four different people who can all score both from the post and the perimeter.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see this basketball game. You know, we see some some regulars there. We see, you know, Dave Whiteside, Carly's mm-hmm. dad. Uh, a lot of times he's to share the former NASA boys basketball coach. There's a lot of, a lot of, um, interwoven basketball players. Oh, yeah. I've heard a lot of these girls play club with one another. Oh, yeah. and, on the Bulls. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because obviously Whiteside's kind of the catalyst of that team. We've seen uh, Nakaya Bland really step mm-hmm. up, like you mentioned, in that big overtime win against Falmouth. So we'll see how Bland really matches up against these different Gnostic guards who can be so versatile. It's mm-hmm. hard to just really focus on one. And and how Whiteside matches up against Sanderson. I'm really excited to see how those two match up against each other.
1: I remember when I was interviewing uh, Carly a few weeks ago. She said she hates playing Nauset because <laughs> those are like most of her best friends. You know, uh, are the ones that play for Nauset and right. play with her on the Bulls. Uh, if you want to switch over to hockey now, yeah, let's do it on the boys' side. I, Barnstable, what a great game for them against Falmouth. I mean, a, a big emotional win, five three. Brian. Fry just picking up from where he left off during football season. You were at the game. I mean, what'd you think?
0: You know, it's funny you mentioned football because I was in the, I was in kind of the tunnel or outside the locker room after the game, coming to the foul with guys walking by said, kind of made some snide comment about football. It's Mm -hmm. like, and Fry just kind of shrugged his shoulders like, oh yeah, you got us there. But certainly in hockey, it was a great atmosphere as always, you know, pretty much a full house inside Kennedy arena. But you know the Red Raiders just from the jump were just a better team. They skated harder. They had more shots on net. I think it was 16 to four in the first period. Just really set that tempo, and it was really like a boxing match. So mm-hmm. even though Falmouth threw the first punch and got the first goal, Barnstable had an answer for just about everything that mm-hmm. Falmouth did well. And kind of their first goal kind of came from unsuspecting player Sam Howell, was a freshman, scored his first varsity goal to to get things going. I'm sure he. He felt pretty good about that. Probably the most memorable <laughs> score he, he's going to score in quite some time, unless it comes in the playoffs or yeah. something. But, um, you know, Barnesville then took the early lead. But the real big story is that top line. Mm-hmm. Because just that week they brought up Tim Story, you know, kind of that hard-grinding senior. Mm-hmm. They brought him up to the first line to play the right wing, and that really has opened up a lot of space for Jack Rodero and Brian Fry mm-hmm. just to, to get more open and get more shots on net because those are your top scorers, um, at least on that first line. And it's really worked out, you know, Story's just Grinding guys down—that's what Barnstable tries to do. And by the third period, Falmouth was trying to shorten its bench, and it just didn't have the energy to, mm-hmm. to keep going. So a five-three final fry with two goals late in the second period was the difference. Uh, Barnstable—I mean, you could say they're kind of rolling now, but it certainly hasn't been the same night in and night out. Yeah. Because earlier that week, they—they they were sluggish in a one-one tie against Situate. Maybe that was looking ahead to Falmouth too mm-hmm. much. But the, the that road can happen. <laughs> yeah, and the road might look like it's getting a little bit easier, but it's really not. I mean, Barnstable has to go to Nosset on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and Barnstable, we've seen on the road hasn't necessarily really been as strong yeah. as it has been at home. And then they're, uh, they're home against Bill Ricca, which is a team that's has split this year with defending state champion Waltham, mm-hmm. so that's not going to be an easy game either. Then it's at Dartmouth, then at Duxbury, which I believe only has one loss right now, mm-hmm. and then they host Dartmouth. And that's all leading up to another rematch with uh, sure. Falmouth on February 9th. So road doesn't get any easier Definitely for, for, for Barnstable. And there's a real question about their goaltending situation because though Eddie Donovan got the start, he played really well in the third period, neither goalie has a particularly great save percentage um, for the season. I mean, mm-hmm. Donovan's at 82.5% and Higgins is like 833 repeating. So they really don't have a number one and even though they went with Donovan in this big game, which mm-hmm. seems to indicate that that's who they're leaning towards, this thing's certainly not over yet. I mean, you mentioned last week to Tim Grace that Higgins played in the playoff game, and he won against Franklin. Mm-hmm. So there's that consideration, too, that in a big game, and it just win, he shot him out. Yeah. So There's that consideration. With like
1: 31 saves, I want to say, or something. Like, I mean, really good performance. There's a
0: real consideration, and if you're Higgins, you can't feel too down on yourself because there's a good chance if, if Donovan slips a little bit that, he's going to get another chance. And I feel like Higgins is going to get another chance at some point.
1: Definitely. That, what you were saying about the the football comments, I covered the boys' basketball game Friday night, which was not competitive. I mean, Falmouth just completely overwhelmed Barnstable. Right. And I think it was a 19-point final difference, but that game, that score was closer than the game actually right. was. I mean, a lot of it... A lot of Barnstable's points came in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Um, but definitely there were call- cat calls from the Falmouth uh, fans of just like football. So Right, right, right. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, always good to see a good fan atmosphere. But Barnstable just concludes 7-3-1. Sure. That's also the same record that Bourne, Falmouth, and St. John Paul have this mm-hmm. year. And so we got some decent hockey teams. Yeah, other than Upper Cape, nobody else has a better record than those four right now. And mm-hmm. Falmouth... You know, the Clippers have a bit of patchwork to do here. Clearly, this is the craziest stretch of their schedule in seven days. They've already played at Marshall, which mm-hmm. is five nothing loss. They lost at Barnstable Saturday. Today, they got to go host Waltham, which again won the D one State Championship against Marshfield last year. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday, they're home against Catholic Memorial, which is one of those you know power programs. Definitely, that game's a little bit uh, a different time. But I mean, Falmouth's going to learn a lot about itself uh, in this mm-hmm. week and. The defense is a lot of 13 goals combined over the last three games, so certainly defense has got to step it up. I mean, Kevin Duart, the goalie, played really well against Barnesville, and really, aside from one of those goals, really weren't, wasn't his fault. He was on an island. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, Barnesville's guys were just skating right in on the slot, and they were just finding the open man. And when you get one-on-one like that, sure. the goalie's not going to win every time. So, um, Do you it, think
1: the defense was playing too far, you know, too close to the blue line? Did or
0: I just don't think they had the intensity to match up with Barnesville's guys. Like I mentioned, Story really creates havoc in the corners and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And if he doesn't win the puck, he's certainly going to put a body on you and he's going to you know, make his presence felt. So I just think against a more physical team that the defense just – I mean, were, look, there were checks going both ways too, don't get me wrong, but the defense certainly has to pick up its physicality mm-hmm. and, and avoid – keeping the puck in the zone for too long, which I think that's what he was doing. You just got to get it down. Even if you ice it, you know, get a break, get some new guys out there. It's not the NHL. You can sub out on Mm -hmm. icing. So, uh, I I think that's what has to happen, but certainly sophomore stone definitely continues to impress. He had two goals against Barnstable, Mm -hmm. really starting to lead that offense. Um, but again, Falmouth really just relies on those top two lines offensively. And those really just rolling those two lines, um, with Jake Rosado, um, you know, Mm -hmm. against Barnstable. So, I think this is too much of a rift between those top two lines and kind of everybody yep. else right now, and and that's something Falmouth has to figure out. Mm-hmm. And gets more production from those other guys, so I uh, just want to mention Upper Cape real quickly For too. Sure. Eleven Another team with a great top line. You no, know, it's certainly eleven and two this year. Rams certainly poised to to get a home game if, if they can keep it up. They clinch the postseason with a win over Sacred Heart, seven mm-hmm. three um, win. So Joe had four goals in this game just continues to have an outstanding season. Mm-hmm. Josh Winjarski two goals three assists. Yeah, those guys together are just—I don't want to say unstoppable—because there have been teams, Southeastern, for example, that swept in twice. And but they have really good timing with each other. Yeah, and it's almost unfortunate because you almost have to—it almost seems inevitable that even if we keep advancing, we're going to run into this team at some point. Yeah. And um, but I guess you can't worry about that for the time being. Yeah. You know, things happen in hockey. Players go down. Players get banged up. Mm-hmm. Things change when you get to a playoff atmosphere. So. I think the Rams are just focused one game at a time and, mm-hmm. and go from there. Especially now that the schedule just starts to repeat pretty much in the Mayflower. Um, other than that, Bourne's starting to crank some things up a bit. One three um, right. won their last three and then five mm-hmm. of their last six. You know, building up some great momentum into next weekend's Canal Cup, which I think is the second best behind Barnsball Falmouth hockey rivalry i mean it's only once a year so almost in a way you can call mm-hmm. it the singular greatest sure game on the cape just because <laughs> you know again they only play once uh, per season but um they have they're at dartmouth certainly won't be an easy game and then they host a Ponequit dr and excuse me a Ponequit, and then they host dr um three games this week mm-hmm. um and two of those games are games of Bourne's already won. So,
1: so they should be in good shape.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, St. John Paul's also won four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, but they might be without Sam Delman for a while. He injured his wrist over the weekend in a game. So, you know, that line with Jack Richards and Joey Manning certainly going to have to step up. And mm-hmm. somebody else is going to have to come on that line and keep things cranking because that top line has been really good and it's really been the lifeline of the Lions this year. As is Henry Clem. Clem, I
1: was about to say. He's Only played pretty Only well. 16 goals
0: allowed this year, I believe. I think that's mm-hmm. the best um, among Cape teams. Mm-hmm or at least the fewest goals allowed among Cape teams. So pretty good uh, start to the year. And then um, I know you're going to be at the Codfish Cup a little Absolutely. bit today. I don't yep. know if you want to talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, the Codfish Cup is already going on. Uh, it is the first year they're doing that. It's at Tony Kent Arena. <laughs> I confirm that it's on, even with the cold, with potential, uh, the roads seem to be clean and not icy mm-hmm. right now. Uh, so it's all games between D.Y. and NASA. It started in the morning with various youth levels of hockey, and then it's building towards varsity play this afternoon, the Varsity Girls, DY, and then the Cape Cod Furies, which is a Nosset Cape Tech Monomoy fusion team, are going to go at two. And then uh, DY is going to play Nosset Boys varsity at four to cap the day. And then the money is all uh, that they're raising from the event is going to the Sean Gannon Foundation. Obviously, Sean Gannon, the Yarmouth police officer who was shot while on duty uh, in 2018. And DY has done a number of fundraisers and events in honor of him. Including of course the top cop football game right. uh, against uh, was Auburn, I
0: think. Yeah. It's a good uh, cause though. I mean, yeah. this is something they're starting this year. There actually is a trophy. Lou Alberti, mm-hmm. the DY coach, told me, so adding another trophy is nice. Yeah. But this is something that again they want to kind of alternate each year. Not so we'll get to charities. host it this year. Well, right. And that the host is going to be able to pick the charity. Mm-hmm. So if this continues next year, this will be at Charles Moore yeah. Arena, in Nosset. Nice for the youth event to kind of leading up to it, making a full day. And on Martin Luther King Day, it's a good day because there's no school today. Mm-hmm. You kind of get, in all, get all these games and you don't have to rush it. And it's probably
1: warmer in that ice arena than it is outside. <laughs> you were just so. saying that before.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, um, so that's going on and um, hopefully becomes an annual tradition because certainly rivalry hockey just adds a little extra element yeah. to it than just another Atlantic Coast League game. But uh, sticking, if you want to go to girls hockey, stick sure. with D.Y., a huge week for the Dolphins. They knocked off previously unbeaten Pembroke on the road. Uh, great game. Ava McGaffigan had two mm-hmm. goals. She's really starting to crank it up. Um, but her twin sister Kayla scored three over the weekend, and Ava had two in a th- uh, 7-3 win over Marshfield. Uh, big league win, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those goals unassisted, which we weren't at that game, but that kind of tells me that I think the McGaffigan's starting to find their stride again Absolutely. and that they're just, they're just skating past everybody and they certainly have the ability to do that against you know, teams that haven't been as strong as Marshfield. But again, speaking to the larger issue of when they go to the playoffs, certainly there's not going to be a lot of end-to-end skating because the de- defense and in the, in these other forwards are going to be much better than that. They're going to Definitely. know how to play them, and they're going to be able to stay with them. So, um, DUI certainly has potential, and it's been up and down a little bit, but I, I think if they can finally get a little more healthy here and, and start uh, cranking that they're, they're going to go on and win the ACL title.
1: I feel like Kayla, as good as she is at ice hockey, maybe field hockey is is even is her best sport. Ava, I mean, maybe she'll dispute that. I feel like Ava, though, ice hockey as good as a field hockey player she is, ice hockey is really where she excels.
0: Well, it, it's hard because Ava plays more of that midfield defender role, yeah, so she's, she's not high up on the score sheet.
1: Absolutely. But
0: and if you really think about it, look at Dy's from field hockey's defense this year right. was really impeccable. Yeah. I mean, their championship game and they gave up two goals, it. so it was the most they gave it up all year. Yep, so that's true. Um, So, D.Y., again, they're going to host the Furies today. They're at Sandwich Wednesday, and if they can win both, they'll have five straight wins heading into a rematch with Falmouth at 7 p.m. Saturday, which I think pretty much decides the ACL in a way. Without question. Um, The Clippers won the first game 3-2 at Tony Kent, but this is almost like repeating his last year because Mm -hmm. D.Y. lost at home to Falmouth last year, just like they did this year, but then they went to Falmouth and won and ended up winning the league title. So, Um, certainly it's going to be a great rematch and Falmouth isn't going to lay down. Look, they're six, three and one, um, a two, two tie against Barnstable on Saturday, Mm but, um, had a two, nothing lead in that game goal. from Allie Carpenter and Shayna McInerney, I think I mentioned, you know, was, I think was going to have a big game and she Mm -hmm. definitely, she had an unassisted goal in that one, which was big. Um, they did squander it in the third period though. And. Two goals by Sam McKenzie. Yeah, Yeah. Sam McKenzie just continues to be clutch with that Falmouth team in the big games. A little bit of controversy, though, I was hearing from some people that they didn't clean the ice between the first and second period, and though and both of these teams are pretty young. I think for a really young Falmouth team that depends on a lot of its eighth graders and, and then freshmen like Sam McKenzie, that that was a really grueling stretch there mm-hmm. where Falmouth's offense just wasn't working. And then they got that rest between the second and third, and they went out and scored and tied it. So you can kind of shrug your shoulders. I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of games there that day, but definitely – I don't know. It, it, you almost feel like in a rivalry game that you just kind of keep things normal, just clean the ice between the periods. So, Probably, but yeah. I
1: feel like whatever disadvantage it applied, it created would have applied yeah. to both teams evenly. No, it,
0: this is true, but again, I mean, it's it is a little peculiar, again, in a, in a game like I, that because they have done that before. I've seen that at Gallo Ice Arena, mm-hmm. you know, where they where they just they clean the ice between the second and third, and they just play the first two periods back to back with like a short timeout basically in right. between. But if that's not what you're used to doing all year and you mm-hmm. kind of break that for a big game like this, then it does throw you off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, I mean, that's just wanted to mention that because it was, again, a, a kind of a weird mm-hmm. scenario. And maybe that game plays out differently if, if Falmouth has a bit of an extra break between after sure. uh, the first. But, I mean, that, look, that's how they play the games, right? Yep. Um, anyway, so, you know, Barnstable, just speaking of them, 5-5-1. Five, five um, they got a winnable game Wednesday night against Plymouth at Hyannis, but then they got to go to unbeaten Duxbury on mm-hmm. Saturday. That's huge. It'll be a really big test, but if some of those leaders like McInerney can really step up, and even Bridget Everett, who at times has been good, but at times has been kind of off the score sheet, yeah. I think if she can really step up against Duxbury, Barnesville can make this a game.
1: is going to have to have a big game. Yeah, though.
0: certainly the defense in front of her is going to have to be on point all night. Otherwise, the it, it, Bartsville would have to win this game like 6 to 5 or something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, Falmouth's gotten, you know, I want to mention Lucy Armour, who's an eighth grade goaltender, has been playing really well for Falmouth and has stepped up. Um, Falmouth is also going to host Plymouth today. Um, then a big challenge again, DY on Saturday, which again is going to have ACL title mm-hmm. implications. So, Definitely. certainly a lot of good hockey to be played down the road uh, as we go here. So. I'm going to wrap it up with hockey. You want to hit wrestling real quickly? Yep. So I was at the Cape Cod Classic uh, over the weekend over in Sandwich. Um, but even before that, Sandwich, huge week for them. They beat Marshfield head-to-head to win their first ACL title since 2004. Mm-hmm. And when you think of Sandwich, you know a lot of great wrestlers have come through that program. But to get a first team title, I think that means a lot in a sport like wrestling. Definitely. That can be so individual sometimes. You almost forget that there's a team element to it. Um and then, you know, I got to see Paul Cody uh, compete for Sandwich, uh, 152, just really nice kid, approachable. You almost wouldn't know he's a wrestler coming up to him, mm-hmm. but when he steps into the ring, it kind of all transforms. He's just all over, guys. He scored nine points in the first period of his first match Saturday, ended up winning by 19 tech fall. for which, if you don't know, if you go up by 15 points, the match is over. Yep. It's almost like a mercy roll. Pretty <laughs> much. That's, in, that's in, exactly in wrestling. what it is. So, yeah. um, he, he said it's only happened once or twice in his wrestling career, so... <laughs> It's kind of a nice thing to notch there for, for him, but um, just really great, great skills. And you know, after winning a sectional title last year, I think he's put himself in good position to compete at the state level mm-hmm. and get to all states, maybe win a match at all states, which he said is his goal. Yeah, and I mean, if he wrestles
1: like this, he's got a shot to go to New England.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, there. The thing is with wrestling is you only look at one step at a time, mm-hmm. and the good news is you don't have to necessarily win because I think right. it's top six in a lot of these tournaments moves on to the next, but the higher yeah. the seed the better matchup you're going to get. Definitely. Because if you get a six seed, chances are you're going
1: to go against a one.
0: Well, you might get a wild card at first, but then you might, if you win, you're going to end up against a one. So we'll see how it goes there. Um, But, uh, yeah, Sandwich, again, a lot of wrestlers depth-wise. Connor Keegan at 120, Kevin Keegan at 132, Josh Kutcher at 182. All of them went to the finals. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, it really had a shot. I mean, a lot of these matches were really close. I think Keegan, or uh, Connor Keegan's, I believe, was just a 3-2, or excuse me, Kevin Keegan's, was just a 3-2 decision. Um, So Blue Knights are going to be at the Cohasset Quad on uh, Friday Mm -hmm. at 4 p.m. That's going to be a good chance. Cohasset had a lot of good wrestlers in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Tough loss, though, for them. Uh, Steve Tanguilli, we talked about him a lot during the soccer season. Had a great year. Unfortunately, he dislocated his elbow on his right (laughs) elbow um, during one of his matches, He's a first year wrestler. I didn't even know that until Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he wanted to try it out. Didn't know he had a wrestling team and he was in a semifinal mm-hmm. against uh, a Joey Silberto. And Joey just felt so bad. I was talking to him a bit afterward. It's just, it was just a simple takedown and kind of just landed awkwardly on the mat. And once he heard, get off, get off, you know, he saw that his arm was kind of out of his place there. Yeah. So just tough to see, you know, what happens in a sport like that, but it was mm-hmm. a freak thing. And um, hopefully Tanguly rests up because I think he certainly has potential to be a really good soccer player at the next level. Definitely. Um, but Barnstable certainly really had a great day. Uh, Joe Molina was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Three pins, all of them in the first round to win the 160 title. Just really seemed to be on another level against some of these guys. Uh, Mike Stanley, who I just mentioned, at 138. Joey Ciliberto at 145. Also, also one for the Red Raiders. And all three seem. Pretty poised to go far in the postseason, just looking at what happened mm-hmm. uh, Saturday. Barnstable's got a big match coming up Wednesday. They're going to host Bridgewater Raynham at 6, and that's going to be the OCL title on the line. So, uh, always cool to see those dual meets, and, and again, the team element really shows for those meets because it's one at a time with everyone watching.
1: Definitely. Uh, moving on to swimming, won't talk about it too much. I'm just going to say, I. My fault, everybody, last week. I thought That's that, our
0: fault, too. I missed it, too. <laughs> I,
1: I'll take the blame on this one. The big Nantucket-Nossett showdown that I s- said would decide the the Babe Colony Conference regular season title, that wasn't last Thursday. That's this Thursday at Willie's Gym in East Ham. Sorry about that, but my analysis is exactly the same as what I said last week. I just don't think Nasa can win enough events and take enough seconds and thirds to get more points than Nantucket on the boys' or girls' side. The Whalers are undefeated. I think they're going to be undefeated at the end of the year, and then who knows what happens at sectionals.
0: It's a good thing Hawaii has too much sway. Hopefully, nobody took the ferry over to see a, <laughs> <laughs> to see an empty pool or just practice or something. Well, it like. would have been
1: in, if they'd gone, it would have only been out to East Ham, so yeah. at least no ferry.
0: But yeah. Um, um, gymnastics real quick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm really impressed. Found with Mashpee's eighth grader, Ava Kelly, had an outstanding performance over uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Won three or four events. In a uh, four-point win for for Falmouth Mashby over Notre Dame Academy, um, season high points one thirty nine point one. That's a season high for Falmouth Mashby this year. Um, nine point three on the vault and on the beam, and then a nine point two on the floor. Certainly, it's going to be potential for her looking forward. You know, and gymnastics is kind of like that. as We're seeing in other sports, you know, a lot of these eighth and ninth graders, and if they stick with it for long enough, like we'll talk about in a minute, Jennifer for mm-hmm, Barnstable. Absolutely, it's certainly great to see how they excel through the years and Definitely. and really advance. So. Um and gymnastics a tough sport too. I mean so much of it's dependent on club. Yeah too. And it's it's when, all
1: I mean, if you wanna do gymnastics to the next level, it's only club. Right. Nobody gets recruited out of the varsity season.
0: But still cool to get a glimpse of it. You have to compete competitively um for the school there. So um South Masters are gonna be at Carver on Wednesday. That's next up for for them, and then Jenna Fraser, we just mentioned she also mm-hmm. won three or four for Barnstable, and it's uh, a just one point win over, over Marshfield. Yeah, a lot of a lot of gym, gymnasts who are apparently sick over that weekend. So, kudos to Fraser for you know sticking through there. Um, nine on the bar, or excuse me, um, nine yeah, no on the bar. Yeah, on the bar. Yeah, uh, eight point seven on the beam, nine point two on the floor. Those are the events that she won, and even on the vault, nine point one. She took second. So,
1: which is pretty darn good. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So good performance. Um, Again, with several gymnasts out, hopefully everyone rests up a little mm-hmm. bit, and Barnesville can get its squad going again. Um, They're
1: at Brockton on Tuesday, yep. and then Marshfield Rematch on, Friday. on Friday. So, you know, I Barnstable's gymnastics team was a dynasty up right. until very recently. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that they were winning four straight state titles and three regional titles in four years, and then the last couple of years they've taken a bit of a step back. And some of that, I think, was as Frazier was growing, you know, just Getting a little bit older, a little more experienced, and so it'd be—it's nice to see her kind of helping the Red Raiders get back to what they were very recently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll uh, just wrap up with outdoor track real quickly. You just got a couple big meets coming up: the Old Colony cha- Old Colony League Championship, mm-hmm. um, I believe, this Tuesday. It's Tuesday, yeah, yep, against um, at Wheaton College. Yep, at Wheaton College, and um, then you got the State Coaches Invitational. Uh this Saturday, 10 p.m. Always like to see some. 10 a.m. F- 10, 10 p.m. Man, we're reaching the end of the show <laughs> here. Can you tell? Don't, <laughs> don't drive no, through. <laughs> we had the relays. We had the relays. Yeah. Um, early uh, last weekend. Yep. Now you get to see. Um, the Invitational. Yep, the Invitational. So that always brings out some good talent, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. How we go from there. So will yep. just about wrap it up. If you missed any of this show, stumblings and otherwise, um, you can check it out at capecodtimescom Now. You can also check out our Facebook page. The podcast should be up there um, for updates and definitely with the weather um, that could be affecting the schedule this week. Um, we'll be keeping you as up to date as we can on at CCT. You can also pick up the paper. We'll try to run any cancellations and stuff like that in there too. And you can also find me on Twitter at Steve underscore Derdarian, D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N.
1: I'm at Matt Goisman, C-C-T. That's M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. Episodes are also available for download through your podcast app, through Apple products, through Google products. Thanks a lot. Next week, we're going to be on the air Tuesday instead of Monday, but we'll talk to you then.
0: All right. Take care. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.